You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors. Bradley here from Watson Estates. It is Saturday, June 13th, 2020. Thank you for tuning in to Toronto's number one real estate podcast. That really is not a name because guess what, guys? We did it. We are number one for Toronto real estate on Spotify. And get this, we are number one on iTunes for Toronto real estate. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for joining us as we track the news, especially during times like these with COVID-19. This year is crazy and it's been a pleasure being with you guys every single morning. We're going to keep this up and we're going to talk about all the latest, greatest and not so greatest news here in our local marketplace. So this is what we're going to talk about today, guys. I hope you're excited like I am. First, we're going to talk about this article, which is just taking the media by storm, okay? Is Toronto real estate in takeoff mode? Check this out. There was an article from Toronto Stories that came out today. It's all over your newsfeed, guaranteed. Toronto real estate market is suddenly on fire again. Okay, wait a minute. Can you say that? Not allowed to say that. Well, we did, and we're going to read this article and dissect and talk about what exactly is happening in our local market. And then we're going to jump into rental rates. We're going to talk about what's been going on over the last few months and will they drop through 2020. Where do we stand? What's going on on that side? Especially as it relates to immigration, we're starting to see some big changes happening in the rental space and I want to cover that. And how are landlords and businesses taking the ban on commercial evictions? This this sucker is supposed to roll out anytime and it's going to be backdated and so we're going to kind of look at what some of the landlords are saying, what the businesses are saying. Do they even like this program or is it all for naught? Today is a beautiful day, and I'm so excited to go out after we do this podcast. I'm going to be pressure washing my deck, but and and ultimately, I'm going to have to stain the thing. I'm supposed to have some really nice weather, which is wonderful, but the, my deck is not the only thing under tremendous pressure right now. You know who else is? Buyers in Toronto are now waking up to the news that we've been tracking here on Toronto's number one real estate podcast for weeks. Namely, the market is on fire. In the good way. <laughs> don't be telling anybody our market is good now. We don't want we don't want that news. You biased real estate agents. Check this out from TorontoStories.com this morning. This is the top article. We put the best stuff first. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Unemployment is at an all-time high. Millions of people are without a job. And the Toronto real estate market couldn't care less. <laughs> If you're looking for a COVID discount on your next property, you better not be searching here because you won't find it. What you will find just weeks removed from arguably the worst month in our nation's economic history are multiple offers and buyers and sellers with more and more confidence. Told ya. I told ya. Nobody wanted to listen here. It's so hard to say why. It's shocking, says John Pasalis, president of Realosophy Realty. While nobody was expecting it to fall off, no one was expecting it to take off like this. Okay, first of all, when we saw COVID was closing, we tracked China. We saw it was going to fall off. Come on, John, you did too. He's, he's such a humble guy. You're so humble. What a nice guy. On the tail end, we've been talking about this for weeks. This is not a surprise. I mean, 
it's doing good and, and it's great. It's good to see it happen. I guess it's a surprise until it happens because it's still speculating. But we speculated. We saw the numbers. We saw we were tracking it weeks ago. The market is insanely competitive right now. So forget what I said yesterday. Let's talk about today. Let's have a, a fresh slate. Welcome. My name is Bradley. Thank you for joining us at Watson Estates. Let's start a conversation about the Toronto real estate market. It's on fire. <laughs> In April, multiple offers seemed to die down, but now we're back to bidding wars. I told you guys, I was. we were talking about this last month. We were talking about this idea that there's a feeling right? There's this feeling in the market that I was getting, that other agents were getting, that our offices were getting in the real estate industry, that that biased real estate, angry, wants nothing but your money industry. We were tracking this, guys. Buyers may have hit pause for two months, which really wasn't two months. It was really a month. It was the second half of March and it was the first half of April. That's my opinion. But anyways, but it's not like they've lost their buying desire altogether. People who were out of the game, they're jumping back in. Pasalis doesn't think new record low mortgage rates are what's driving the momentum. For example, HSBC right now, we've, we kind of talked about this. They're, actually, we mentioned this yesterday. They've just crossed that 2% barrier and they're offering fixed rate mortgages at 1.99%. Fun fact, actually, on the side of mortgages. I have a property that's closing and I have the client I'm representing on the selling side. And I was contacted by First National on behalf of First National, an appraisal company. And they were conducting an appraisal and he called me and he said, okay, well, we're doing all of our, because of COVID, we are not actually going to any of the properties. They're, they're, this one company and they're a part of an association. Apparently there's two large associations and their association, all appraisal companies in that association are doing only online or digital appraisals. And so we had to fill out this questionnaire, but they're not actually going to the property. So things have changed, right? But it's, it's actually, I find that very fascinating that really like I, I mean, I have choice words when it comes to appraisals anyways. I've seen, I have some stories for you on how that all works. But I mean, all respect to them. You got your, you got yourself in the door. You got yourself a nice little industry there. Do your thing, guys. Do your thing. But now we've got, they're saying that the, the low interest rates isn't really what's saving it. The main reason home prices in Toronto aren't dropping is that supply and demand have both fallen in tandem, which we've also been talking about and we've been tracking. I cannot wait. I'm gonna have gonna have a little sip of my uh, white wine, the little Watson Estates white wine I give out to clients. We're gonna sit here. We're gonna we sip on that at 7:30 in the morning <laughs> and celebrate the moment that you have more sales than new listings. Not because it's necessarily good for our market, because you know what that means? That means the end is near. That means prices are about to slingshot upwards. I'm going to do it because nobody except for maybe us talked about this being a possibility. Like it was, it was almost like there's no way in hell that you're going to have more sales. You're not going to get your months of inventory coming down. It's not going to happen. Well, I, it could happen this month. We'll see. And when you got news like this coming out, you don't think the optimism is going to be raging. It is guys. It's the, the word is out. There is no more secret here. There's you want a deal too late, too freaking late. Toronto real, sorry, excuse my language, excuse me, PG, keep it PG. Toronto real estate is still very much a seller's market. I've seen, uh, every so often I see articles because they track these different ways. It's, it's, it's a very fuzzy way of determining whether it's a seller's market, a buyer's market, and I go based on months of inventory, but there's different ways of doing it. And some people have been saying, oh yeah, it's a, it's a balanced market now. It's a balanced market. All the metrics that I use have kept us in a seller's market all the way through, all the way through. We have not crossed 
five months of inventory. We are still in a seller's market. It never changed. And now we got an article that's kind of agreeing with us. And oh, oh now it's a seller's market. Okay, okay. So we're all on the same page again. All right, here we go. <sighs> I love this article, guys. I seem like I'm putting a lot of pressure on this article, but this is great. This is, I just feel so vindicated. You know, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. We have an amazing city, guys. And despite all that rough news we've come through, how in the world can you read all this bad news and yet be so optimistic about our market? Well, days like these remind me why that's the case. We've had a number of clients involved in multiple offer scenarios in the last weeks. Me too. You're seeing it with everything, not just real estate. There's a combination of pent-up demand everywhere to see your friends, to get out in the nice weather, and to buy homes. <laughs> Ingram, this is the CPA actually and sales representative. He's a CPA and a sales rep at Century 21. He tracks the weekly rates of units sold over asking. This is cool. So what this guy did is a fun little chart, but what he's done is he's looked at this idea. You guys will remember very quickly early on halfway through March when everything was kind of crumbling, the, the number of properties that were being listed in a position to bid for multiple offers was dropping quickly. Like it was like, I think, where, where do they say actually? Yeah, 60, I was gonna say 60. So 67%, that was the numbers. And then we saw it come almost gone. It was only, uh, so they said by ending of April 26th, see, this is what I'm saying, mid-March to mid-April, forget two months. From April 26th, it was only 20% for freeholds in the 416 over asking. So it went from 67 to 20. So does that maybe, could that be a measure of the difference between prices being, you know, there's enough competition to stimulate multiple offers? Well, guess what? The week ending June 7th, what are we in here today? We are on the 13th, okay? So this week, Toronto market is already back up to 42%, 42, 67 down to 20, up to 42 guys, up to 42. And, and, and here's the thing, the news is just picking up this news like they're just starting to show optimism and i think the reason the optimism didn't come quicker was because you had things like cmhc you've got all these reports and forecasts that have really bad news for canada but more specifically for toronto like when they were when they're giving these rough forecasts it's not just so there is still a very viable I don't want to get caught up in the fluctuating of like, oh, well, the news is good today, so your attitude is good. I don't want that to be the case, guys. There are still some very legitimate reasons why people are saying that the market will come down. Those, those are still legitimate, and I don't want to sour down any of those articles. But for what we see today, for what we're looking at today, we have seen what looks like pretty much a 50% recovery as it relates to over-asking and how people are pricing their homes. And this is before anybody knew it was happening. Now that people know what's happening, what's going to happen? It has been a yo-yo to be sure, but it certainly seems as though the market has hit its lowest point and isn't looking back. So here's my question. People are quick to say what goes up must come down, but are we prepared to accept what goes down might be coming back up? <laughs> I love this article. I love this one. This is good. This is a great way to spend my weekend. Toronto real estate market seems detached from economic fundamentals. This is, a, this is a realtor saying this, by the way. If you're looking at the macroeconomic trends, things should be softening. There are definitely more headwinds than tailwinds in the market right now, but it continues to defy gravity a bit. I agree. So what is driving the market's competitiveness right now? Simply put, a lot of people want to live and own property in Toronto. That's it. People want to live here. Immigration is down. So what? We talked about yesterday how immigration, even though it's down... 
recognized, Toronto was recognized in an article yesterday published from a study at Ryerson that we are the fastest growing metropolitan area in both Canada and the States. We're talking Toronto and the GTA. So you, you put a little bit of, you, you put a little bit of water on that fire. You think that's going to be, you think that's going to go out? Will immigration be affected by COVID? Absolutely. But likely not enough to have an impact big enough to hurt the resale market. But check this out, which we'll get there in a second. The rental market may be another story. It's not maybe, it is a totally different story. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But on this topic of immigration, I was, my heart broke yesterday. It broke with the comments that I got. I We have a lot of very good, optimistic comments, right? We have a lot of people very positive. Even if you don't agree with what our stance is, we have positive feedback. Yesterday, as soon as we talked about immigration, just it's as if the walls came down. Now, I don't know if it's the climate we live in today, but I, I it, it broke my heart. Now, fortunately, we have people in our audience who stepped up and I'm going to and I'm going to give them a shout out here. So one of the big points that came out that I want to mention before we go there, the reason why Toronto has this is from Sergey C on YouTube. Thank you, Sergey. The reason why Toronto has so much immigration is simple. And he got a few comments in there, but then he says, since the real estate market is so small, other than Toronto and Vancouver, there are no places to go. In the States, people travel for work all the time. That's a, That was a very good point. Like, thank you. Good point, right? We don't have a lot of markets, like key marketplaces here in Canada. We have Toronto, we got Vancouver, right? So if you're going to move here, that's where you go. And so this like, this kind of moving out that we see in places like New York is not happening here. And that's a legitimate explanation. Thank you. But then I'm not going to name names. We have individuals here that said that put dollar signs. Immigration. That is really all you care about. Your real estate agents. What an unwise man you are. People get so upset about immigration. Listings and, tr- and this is another, another listener. Listening and trusting realtors to give you unbiased information about real estate is akin to trusting a used car salesman. You can't trust someone with that much skin in the game who ultimately seeks to profit from misleading people. I have been misleading people because I've been telling them to not sell their house. Don't sell your house yet. Is that misleading people? Fine. Right? Now, it was a buying opportunity. It's still, I think it still kind of is, if we were to look at the big picture here. But, I mean, okay, fine. I'm a used car salesman. Like, wh- like why do we got to get so aggressive on this? What am I doing? All I'm trying to do here, guys, and this is why I love long form, and, and I, I, I tend to think maybe some of these people aren't listening to all of our podcasts, but what we're trying to do here, I'm letting you guys make the decision. Like, that's what I want for this podcast. I want to share with you the news. And I want to keep it to the news. Of course, I've got my own biases and I don't hide them. Like, at least I know I have them, right? But it's ultimately up to you. And you guys make your investments. I, I mean, if you don't want to work with me, don't work with me. We have, I have plenty of good clients. I have, I have food on my table. I am happy. I'm happy to serve you guys. But then we have, we have listeners that stepped up. And so big shout out to NAB, N-A-B. Give them a shout out in the comments if you're on YouTube, guys. NAB. I can't say you demand because I don't know if you demand, but you the person. <laughs> this is what they said. Whether you like it or not, immigration is very important for the Canadian economy, especially for the baby boomers who are going to be retiring. In less than 20 years, there will be 2.5 workers for every senior versus five for one currently. Also, Canada is running a huge budget deficit and debt in GDP is growing super fast. We have no choice but to increase immigration to increase GDP and tax revenue. Over 70% of immigrants end up in the workforce. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even have to add any more comments to that. I, I, I back up what you're saying there. This is, I am as right, I am as conservative as the next guy, politically 
and economically, okay? But we have to stay unified in keeping our marketplace strong. Like if you're, if you're betting against our market, like what are you doing? Like can we not agree that we want long-term growth in the GTA, right? And, and healthy long-term growth. I'm not just saying like bursts of energy. I'm saying we need this growth to happen. Anyways, because of all of this, this is the news I'm going to release today. This is what I'm going to do, okay? This week, I want in my video that we're going to release on YouTube, we're going back to doing videos. I missed last week because of, I mean, I had a baby pop out of my wife. So going back to it, what I want to do is I want to create a video. And half the video, I'm going to stand on the side of the market's going to crash. And I'm going to give you all the strong arguments as to why. And I'm going to convince you the market's going to crash. And then I'm going to go and switch sides and I'm going to explain why our market is resilient. And I'm going to convince you of that as well. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Keep an eye out for that this week. If, if you guys cannot be convinced of either direction, then you know your stance, right? And I think that this is, let this be a healthy exercise of I'll take both sides, okay? You don't think, I, you think, I, I know I have my bias and you get that a little bit in the podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, understatement of the morning. Okay. All right, let's move on, guys. This article continues. There's more. There is more. Even if a bunch of buyers pump the brakes and put themselves on the sidelines through this, you still have so many people on the entry level waiting to get in. They talked about how in May, 24% of GTA sales were for a million or more, meaning, of course, that 76% were under a million. So there's this idea that there's a pool of buyers under a million. And and they said perhaps in January, February of this year, sellers may have been getting five, six, or even eight offers, but now they're getting two or three, but they're still getting multiple. So it's not as extreme, but it's still there. But listen to this quote from Pasalis again. What I've been concerned about is the debt deferral, but what I'm starting to think is that while there's obviously a deferral risk in the fall, I don't think it will be enough to change the market. You need a rapid shift to put downward pressure on home prices, and I don't think that'll happen. That's a brave statement, my friend. That's brave. This, I, I would agree, is probably the most looming crisis. This deferral, this is the reason you've got these banks that are putting money aside, which is a good thing because they're prepared. It'll be interesting, man. It'll be interesting. The second half of 2020 will be interesting and we will be reading the news as it happens. The looming deferral clip was made famous by CMHG's mid-May report. They talked about between a 9 to 18% drop. Right, that that's where they were concerned. This is the government. This is no small organization. So let's see. Let's wait and see. But can we all agree on this statement right here? Long term, this market has a lot going for it. The whole world class city thing. It's still a desirable city to live in. If people have long term horizons, I think they're going to be fine. If we can't agree on that, then it's it's impossible. Right? Like if we can't agree we're gonna have long term success here in our marketplace then what's the point? Throw your hands up in the air. Let's hopefully get some unity out of our podcast today. All this said, the market being, quote, on fire right now still remains a relative observation. Is the, is the market on fire compared to a year ago? No, it's not. But in case you haven't been paying attention to the last three months, every week seems to have brought new changes, despairs, and adjustments. And for the Toronto real estate market to be as active as it is at this point in the pandemic is something very few people expect, expected. I'm going to leave that article there. I think we've, I think we've just hammered that home guys. That is an incredible article. That is an incredible article amidst the last week of articles. And it happened to come on the weekend, right? So next week, crazy this weekend showing nice weather, nice news. We'll see. It's going to be nuts. So, okay. 
So you, you, you heard along the way there, this idea of rents, right? So how immigration is affecting rent. We're going to talk about that because it is not maybe different. It is very different. Okay. Toronto, this is an article from narcity.com. Toronto rental prices have dropped $450 in some popular neighborhoods. That was a shock even to me. It might be time to start apartment hunting in your favorite downtown neighborhoods. It is now cheaper to rent in multiple areas in the Toronto's core. According to a June 2020 rent report, Toronto rent prices are now up to $450 cheaper in areas across the six. This came from rentals.ca and they announced a few things. Although not all Toronto neighborhoods are seeing lower costs, some great locations are. So if you're considering moving, if you're comfortable with the concept of moving right now and you're a renter, you might find yourself a sweet deal, especially if you found a rental within the last year, right? If you're month to month maybe, or you're just coming up for your one year renewal, time for a deal. Sorry, landlords. I'm an investor too. I feel bad in this whole environment, but where there's an opportunity, there's an opportunity. And if it means you guys are going to have to bring your, your monthly income down by $450, sorry. That's not, that is a rare occurrence, by the way. Most of them I notice are kind of in the, you know, 100, 200 tops. But here, rentals have become cheaper by $449 in postal code M5E, which includes St. Lawrence. When we look at Entertainment District, City Place, and King West, they saw rents go down by $118. I have clients that actually are looking for a tenant in King West. And yes, we are actually, funny enough, before I saw this article, I kid you not, we are bringing down, I'm doing an amendment today. I'm already got it in my calendar. I'm not, I'm not staging it here to bring down the rent asking amount by a hundred bucks. I'm not even kidding. So I see that. I see that. Although other neighborhoods got more expensive, the findings were that rentals downtown decreased by 0.5% on average. So they're going down generally speaking. Postal code M4L, which includes the beaches, actually saw apartments rise by a whopping $500, $507. And there's various reasons for that. There's a rental project that popped up at Queen Street East. But all this to say, in general, rates are coming down. And you, there's actually a bunch of articles about that today. The report states the average rent for all property types declined for the sixth consecutive month in May to $2,266. The average rent in Toronto area is down 4.7% annually. That's pretty high. Considering we were thinking flat, we dropped 5%. That to me, by the way, sounds like what people are thinking is going to happen in... It's funny because what you thought was going to happen in real estate is happening in rents. So it's almost like both should be doing it. But for whatever reason, the purchasing power of is just so high. The demand for Toronto is so high that it's overshadowed these declines. However, it is important to note that while prices are going down, Toronto remains the most expensive city in Canada. We know this. It's such a high margin. But actually, if it closes at this pace, it won't be long before we're no longer the most expensive unless I would assume everyone else is experiencing the same thing. I don't know if that's the case, but I think that's a pretty fair assumption. Whew. So maybe the haters, my question is maybe the haters are actually renters and they want to keep rent rates down because obviously low immigration is affecting rents. So if that is the case, who's biased now? We all have biases, guys. We all have our biases, our biases. That's a weird word, biases. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's move on. So you guys would have been updated in the last few days as we've been kind of tracking this whole business and landlords eviction thing right? Like, can you evict commercial tenants? Now, rules have been set. They haven't been passed, but bans should be retroactive. Listen to this. This is a comment. 
This is the subheading, actually, to mid-March when COVID-19 lockdown began, Business Improvement Association says. So I've actually alluded to it a few days ago. We were talking about this. Is like, why would you only do it now? Like, we are two, three months deep. And actually, if you did go back to mid-March, how would you even go back? Those businesses are gone. Like, what are you going to do? So the timing is terrible. We, we already know this. So the ban, if passed, will only apply retroactively to commercial evictions from June 3rd to August 31st for businesses that are eligible for the Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance Program. Can you guys say lawsuits? Like, we are going to see a ton of lawsuits, no matter how you slice it. But this article, they break it down based on what businesses are saying and what the landlords are saying. And here's the thing. Neither party is happy. Nobody likes it. So here's somebody, the owner of Pegasus, a bar on Church Street and head of the Church Wesley Village Business Improvement Area is happy with the news, but the rules around the ban are too, quote, restrictive. I'd like to see it until the end of the year to give businesses the opportunity to get back up and running and making money so they can pay the rent that's required. Do you think it's going to end? Like, is there ever going to be a moment where you're going to be satisfied? Like, now we want to go for the end of the year. Obviously, it's a short time frame, but you give a little and they want more. You can't, you can't win. You just, you can't win. The Ontario Business Improvement Area Association has been pushing the province to allow businesses that are evicted earlier than June 3rd to qualify. So here's my thinking on this, guys. I don't think we should have a commercial eviction ban. I don't think that's a thing. That should not be a thing. You don't interfere with business and business. You're asking for lawsuits. It's not fun. And it's too late. But if we do, I agree. Like, why would we not at least do it from when it started? Like, if you're going to do it, do it. (laughs) Don't just... Don't just dab your foot in it. Like you're not, it's, it's because of the pressure that's been put on the province and they're just trying to show face. That's what's happening here. But then we jump on the side of the landlords, right? And the landlord who owns a four commercial business in the greater Toronto area, Alexandra Bullitt, says the rent assistance program in the province subsequent eviction ban has soured her relationships with her tenants. She said she hasn't tried to evict anyone, or but her, her, but her bottom line is taking a hit. She said this, it handcuffs the landlord from being able to operate my business properly. All that's happened in this transaction here is we just took the power out of the hands of the commercial landlord, which is what makes commercial commercial. That is what makes the safety of commercial exist, is this ability to evict quickly. You don't have the rights that a tenant, a residential tenant has. Now you've just taken that away. So what is commercial investment? You want to to see a divestment of commercial businesses? This is a sure ticket to do that. I sympathize with my tenants, but if we can't recoup that money, then we're in a very vulnerable position to make our financial obligations. Nobody is satisfied with this program. Another program rolled out with flying colors. That was a joke. A funny one. (laughs) The program's not working, but I mean, they're doing something and ultimately the provincial government here has caved under pressure by lobbyists and really the loudest voices. Once again, the loudest voices win. Let's hope that my deck today can <laughs> can cave under pressure, just like the provincial government did in applying this eviction ban. Anyways, we had fun today. Enjoy yourselves. A wonderful weekend. I will see you guys bright and early Monday with more. Take care and keep it real.